Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. All right. Jessica, Jessica, can I tell you at least two reasons Two reasons, possibly three, maybe three, but at least two reasons that I'm so happy that this week we are doing Poker Face. Oh, please do it. Well, one, obviously, the show is amazing. We love the show. I love it. I love yes. the guest stars. I love the plotting. I love the humor. I love the mysteries. I love so much about the show. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. But the second reason I love this show. So the show Poker Face is the new, not a whodunit. It's kind of a who catch em mis- how, how catch em mystery. Not on kind NBC. of. That's what it is. That's <laughs> what it is. You're right. It's very much like Columbo. You see this and this. This is the first reason why I am so happy we are doing this show this week. Because you see who does the murder. That's it. You're right there. You see, you, you know who does it immediately. Which, Jessica, I'm here to tell you, after so many wrong guesses in a row, I really appreciate <laughs> knowing who did it. <laughs> I like that we're given the answer right up front. It feels good. It feels like a break. It feels like a little bit of a little bit of a rest this week. I can sit back, relax, and just enjoy the show, right? Because that's what it is. We're not going to be doing any guessing this week, are no, we? No guessing? No, Jacob. We, we, we will be guessing. Or Cut! Yes, and Jessica. we will be guessing. Ah, <laughs> uh, what? So, okay, so how are we doing it this week? So, uh, yeah, how are we doing it this week? <laughs> All right. So the plan this week is that even though we know who the murderer is, we don't know how Charlie Kale, who's played by Natasha Leone, which is the second reason I really am excited to <laughs> oh. see this show this week because yes. I I have carried a torch. For Natasha Leone since the late 90s when I first saw her in Woody Allen's Everyone Says I Love You. Oh, really? Absolutely. 100%. Because she she was a writer in that. She was the narrator to the movie. She was clearly playing the Woody Allen part. Like, here is this person observing and kind of separate from it all and, like, got the witty jokes and tells you all the details about what's happening. And I did. I have carried a torch for her ever since then. So. Yeah. yeah. So love seeing her on TV. So that is the second reason I am super excited for this show. So, but how we're doing it this week is that we don't know how Charlie Kale is going to catch the person. So that is what we're going to guess on. We're going to guess on, okay, I think these are the clues and this is what's going to trip this person up. So Charlie Kale, in case you don't know, because I assume, honestly, if you like mystery shows, you've watched this already. In fact, you probably already know this episode by heart. I know, like, I know the first three episodes by heart, or four, however many we've watched so far to prepare for this. Love them. In any event, this is how the show works. Charlie Kale is on the run from the mafia, but Charlie Kale has a superpower. Charlie Kale knows when somebody's lying. She has an, like, she, for whatever reason, it's her magical power. She knows if you're lying. She doesn't know why you're lying. And since people lie all the time, she's never really sure it's important. So she has to sift through what lies are important and who's telling them and when and how it all comes together. So that is what we're going to guess on. What is the, what is the chain of clues that will let Charlie know that this is the person who did it? Yeah. So... So yeah, so that's that's how we're going to do it. The other thing that makes me really happy to do this show, or just like it, this show comes at a very reaffirming time for me, Jessica. Oh, I've I okay. have been feeling, I know that like I know that we are here for comedy pleasure. I know that we are here just to guess and to make jokes and to have fun with this and to enjoy watching the mysteries because we do enjoy watching the mysteries. But I got to tell you, it is a little discouraging to get it wrong time after time after time. I wonder what it's like for those mystical, magical people who get the, who guess correctly all the time. I am not one of them. Like our guests. (laughs) Like our guests. (laughs) Exactly. But not like me. So Ryan Johnson went on Seth Meyers and Ryan John and Seth Mm -hmm. Meyers asked him, he's like, you know, you've created these shows. They're they're also intricately made. Has this made you a better guesser? <laughs> and you know what Ryan Johnson said? And what did no. he say? No, he says he's 
horrible at it. He says he gets it wrong all the time. He says if you like, if you paused it and gave him eight months to think about it and write the rest of the story, he'd come up with it. But otherwise, he's not very good at it. And I was like, yes, yes, thank you. I am just as good as Ryan Johnson. I must be. That must be what this is. I must be. I my brain must be thinking just like Ryan Johnson's brain. Which that's I'm. That is that is the final. One of the final reasons that I am so comforted to be watching this show and that this this show has come along at the perfect time for me. For me. Yes, for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for me too. I am really glad to hear that about him because his stuff is so brilliant. I mean, the knives out, the glass onion, the all the reveals and the twists and the turns and uh, yeah, just so great. Fantastic. So is there a is there a log line for this show? Is like is there a log line for the series? Do we have a log yes, line for the series? Yes. It just tells us just a little bit more than we've already said. Charlie mm-hmm. has an extraordinary ability to determine when someone is lying. She hits the road with her Plymouth Barracuda and with every stop encounters a new cast of characters and strange crimes she can't help but investigate and solve. And this kind of belies the reason she doesn't just hit the road. Yeah, she doesn't just like, decide one week. Fun. Hey, I'm gonna go. Yeah, <laughs> she has to get out of town fast. Yeah, because <laughs> she gets involved. Well, she's pushed into. She's basically used by mm-hmm. a casino owner. A casino owner played by Adrian Brody. This is pilot episode. He knows about her extraordinary ability. Her his father who. Mm-hmm. Uh, owns a lot of casinos and gave him this one to b- basically mess up, right? Is kind no, of what well, he the says. idea was that he couldn't mess it up, that all yeah. he had to do oh, was right. do nothing and it would run itself and everything would be fine. Yeah, but yeah. Adrian Brody's problem is that he's a little too greedy and thinks he's a little smarter than he actually is. So he yeah. mucks it up. He yeah. mucks it up and what he really messes up when he kills... Natasha Leone, Charlie Kale's best friend. And yeah. she's like, why did you do that? And so she goes to figure it out and she does figure it out. And when she does, she screws Adrian Brody over. He yeah. walks off a balcony, kills himself, which of course gets his father very angry at Charlie Kale. Yeah. And she has a background that he, that they, that can really get her into a lot of trouble in, in that mm-hmm. because she can tell when people are lying She previously had spent many years or a short, maybe it was actually a short amount of time traveling the country, going to small private poker games, getting herself into and cleaning up just and and it was just for fun. Really, it wasn't for making money because. Oh, no, it was for making money. Well, it was it was hundred okay. percent for making money. Yeah, she she kind of just wanted to see what she was get, what would happen, right? And maybe maybe, but it was also definitely for making money. So the dad who owned all the casinos found out about this and said, "For what? What was the reason?" He said he wouldn't tell on her if she she but she was basically like tied to him forever. Yeah. He's like, I could eternity. kill you, I won't, as long as you work here and never use this for more poker and she was like okay you can kill me so this is good enough charlie kale is not the most ambitious person in the world she is not yeah but that's kind of the charm of her is that Mm -hmm. she just fits in with anybody anywhere and she is one of the because she is not ambitious she takes kind of low-wage jobs that you can just you know that they're looking for just anybody Mm -hmm. to kind of fill and then she and she's also one of those people because you are because unfortunately low wage jobs are also kind of invisible to a mm-hmm. lot of people on the customer side she can kind of get away with blending in and yes. investigating things without being noticed as like a you know like if you're talking about Agatha Raisin for instance, the PR person in the Cots- right. who's from London, who's moved in the Cotswolds, like Everybody she sticks knows. out like a sore, th- sore thumb. She's, you know, hair, makeup, clothes, purse, car, everything to the nines. And so Charlie Raisin is kind of the, or Charlie Raisin. Charlie oh my gosh, Raisin. that's a whole nother show. <laughs> uh, Charlie Kale, it, it, Raisins and Kale. What's going on? Oh my the, Lord. We've the eaten food. dinner, Jessica. There's no, you don't need any more dinner. <laughs> But like, what is with the? I wonder, like, why did does did you come across why did Ryan Johnson name her Kale Charlie Kale? 
No, no, I did not. <laughs> I mean, K is a funny. It's a funny sound. Sound, it's a funny sound. in it's comedy. spelled with a C, so there's that. I know, but nobody but still, knows it's that. It's kale, yeah. And when you're listening, watching this show, anyway. So yeah, fun character, and yeah, she can travel from place to place and just kind of disappear there, which is what she wants because she needs she needs um, to disappear. What's his name? The hitman who's going after her. Uh, it's, it's Benjamin Bratt, right? Benjamin Bratt, yeah, is going is following her. And Benjamin, he thinks he's on. Well, well she, he is pretty hot on her heels. He keeps missing her. She keeps escaping, but he is hot on her trails. He's the he's the muscle. He's the enforcer at the casino, and he works for he worked for Adrian Brody, but really for Adrian Brody's dad, and now he still does. So Charlie Kalis doesn't just has to doesn't just have to disappear because she wants to. She's trying to disappear because if this guy catches her, she's dead. Yeah. Which is another reason I love this show because they put they put very high personal stakes for Charlie Kale in this show. Like Jessica Fletcher, there's not a whole lot at risk for Jessica Fletcher. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. not in danger if she doesn't solve this case. But Charlie Kale is in legit danger even like if you go back to the 80s and all of these because this definitely draws on a lot of those classic television tropes of just like it's it's a western it's the it's the cowboy comes to town what happens in the town how does he make the Mm. town right with the sheriff and then he Uh. moves on to the next town it was route 66 it was kung fu it's Mm. a little bit of like incredible hulk it's a and and even for that matter knight rider like but in all of those shows, like Incredible Hulk, maybe a little bit of danger going on. But like Knight Rider, no danger. Like you knew, yeah. like he was, he was going to be fine from one episode to the next. Char- like Columbo, certainly not in danger from one episode to the next. Charlie Kale has an existential threat hanging over to her, which only makes it more fun. I love this yes. show. Yeah, it's there's a lot of great urgency. Gosh, I you know that whole thing. I hadn't figured that out, but yeah, you're right. It is very much like the cowboy coming into the western town, and he's mm-hmm. going to solve that problem. And in that way, you know, we can they're fish out of water, and we can follow them around and meet everybody in town and yes. get to know them. Which is a yeah, it's a great narrative device. But this is yeah, this is layer upon layer of narrative device that also gives. Yeah, a lot of non-false urgency, like yes. real urgency, that which you you love in us, and anyway, anybody is going to love any you know. It's appreciable in a story because then you're not feeling like everything's so languorous. And yes. I mean, unless you like that, unless you like that kind of thing, and you fall asleep to it, which in which case, enjoy those shows. I I I enjoy them, but this is great too. Cozy mysteries are cozy. That's I mean, yes. it's right. That's cozy. This is this. Yeah. This gets a little more excitement and with the well, coziness. Yeah, and actually to that point, segue, bingo card. Oh, this, yes. This show, I don't agree with, I don't agree with Amazon, you know, IMDb on this. They call it a crime drama mystery. And I mean, hmm. it's dramatic. Yeah, but definitely crime, definitely mystery. There is like a real kind of comedic or light. I wouldn't exactly call it cozy it's kind of like dark comedy kind of absolutely dark comedy i'll give you dark comedy 100 percent. yeah also guest star of the week because oh yes because like these scripts are so chewy and so much fun like i can see why everyone would want to be involved in this for sure but more than that like also like if you get these if 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 the show was something like csi or some some other show where they wrap it up in a week Having a huge guest star on there puts a big target on them. So they, you know what I mean? Like, why mm. would why would they do that if they're going to be, you know what I mean? It's, there's a no mystery to it. Like, okay, yes, well, Judith Light is the guest star in this episode. She's the one who did it, or her daughter. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's yeah. just it's that easy. It just, but with this one, it, it doesn't matter. Like, you're not trying to disguise who did it. You know, right up front who did it. So you, yeah. they get to really just dig in and like. I don't know that they're hamming it up. I won't say that they're hamming it up, but they definitely get to have fun and just because it's heightened, they just get to push it and have a little more fun with it and like just dig into it. Like who was the yeah. her, her name escapes me, but in the rock star episode, who was the female lead rock star for that? It's Chloe Sevigny. Yeah. I'm saying her last name correctly, probably not. Sevigny. No, exactly. But like yeah. she, I like, think they're very good friends too, by the way. Of course they are. 
Yeah. Of course, all these famous people are friends. Look, I know lots yeah. of party games. Just invite me to the parties. You'll like me. It'll be great. <laughs> all right, but we we're, we have we have gotten to the point where we're talking about people involved in this anyway. So, Jessica, why don't you why don't you give us some details about the creators? Oh, okay. Well, by the way, this episode is the sixth episode of this first season, mm-hmm. and the episode is called "Exit Stage Death." <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to do the theater one. Yep. It's yes, not we did. Lie. I, I had forgotten that it was the theater one, though, until you said that. Yeah. If, if In case you're wondering, it's instead of exit stage left, which is what right. you would normally say, a little pun. So Charlie's waitress job at a dinner theater. <laughs> I love it already. Yeah. Is interrupted by a tragic death on stage during a performance by two washed up television stars. When... We, she starts to investigate deadly motivations come to light. Well, I guess ooh, maybe there's lighting in here as well. Ooh, I mean, yes, you would expect to... deadly motivations too. Yes, it's, it's true. It's true. Somebody got murdered. Yes, there's going to be deadly motivations. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if there's, yeah, there's going to be somebody in the spotlight is what's going to happen here. Please. And this, yeah, this aired February 9th, 2023. So we have got... Not only Natasha Leone, we have Ellen Barkin. Wow. And we have Tim Meadows from SNL. Wow. And we have Jamila Jamil from The <gasps> Good Place. Yeah. And then, and then some other folks, including the director of this episode, is going to play a role. And he is a well-known actor, director, writer, Ben Sinclair. If anybody watched, I did not watch this, but now I totally want to a show called High Maintenance. It was on HBO, but it started as a web series and it was produced for like four years as a web series. And then HBO picked it up and they did a bunch more episodes. Basically, the story is a comedy that explores the private lives of unique New York individuals through a common thread, their weed delivery man, which Ben Hmm. Sinclair played the weed delivery man. And he, so he is very, the thing is, is he, he doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of other credits, but that's because he and his wife, they can, she was a casting director on 30 Rock. They conceived this show, High Maintenance, while they were out biking in the park, apparently. And, and they've been working on it for like eight years up until the pandemic. So he is very accustomed to this whole, like, I need to make a, a world like right away. In like, oh, okay, you yeah. know, 30 minutes or less, you know, and I need I need characters that are going to be immediately identifiable. And then, of course, he's also good at acting in said Clearly. <laughs> experience at the same time while he's directing and and writing or whatever. So his his talents, I, I can't wait to see him. And I really want to find high maintenance and watch that. So yeah, it's going to be a really exciting episode. I can't, I can't let I can't let us go into this episode without hearing more, like without you sharing more about Natasha Leone. So tell us, more, unless oh. you're saving it for later on. But in other oh. cases, like just so she had her TV debut at age seven what? on okay. Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then she did a lot of other things, like you said, the Woody Allen movie. She went to NYU for a little, like a heartbeat, and then she she told the story actually. I think on Terry Gross on NPR mm-hmm. that she told her parents she moved to Israel for a little bit and then came back with her mom, and she told her parents when she was going to college. Well, she basically told them she was going to college, but she used the money to buy an apartment in New York (laughs) with beautiful, like, wraparound balconies. (laughs) Because let's be honest, NYU, it is that expensive. Yes. Yeah. And became a heroin addict. (laughs) Yes, I, I did know that. Yes. After getting clean, she ended up going for open heart surgery to repair the damage that she had inflicted on her body during her her heroin binges and i i guess it it impacted yeah it really impacted her internal organs in some way and she's also a hell of a smoker like she's just no bones about it just i mean she smokes throughout these these episodes and yeah yeah so I mean, she's been really well known for a while, but I would say in the last 10 years, she has become 
extremely well known yes. because she was on Orange is the New Black, which was a mega hit show. Mm-hmm. She was a, just an act. I mean, I don't want to say just an actress, but she was an actress on it as opposed to being like the producer, writer, right. star, actor, which she was then on the Netflix series Russian Doll, yes. which was amazing. And now this show, which she is producing, Ryan Johnson is the writer, creator, and, you know, director, producer, but she is also producing it with her production company, Animal Pictures, which she is in a partnership with Maya Rudolph and Danielle Renfu Behrens. Behrens? I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. I I apologize, Danielle. We give you the hard lifting to do with that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, she's really, she's just had some just amazing, amazing work the last couple of years. Like really chewy roles. She's found a stride. Like she's, she's right in the pocket right now. Just like nailing it. Yeah. And did you know that Rufus Wainwright wrote a song called Natasha that is about her? No. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought for sure you would know that. I thought uh, that would wow, be your Wow, no. That, would, right, that, that does sound like something <laughs> I should have known. Yes, I will go add that to my Apple Music playlist right now. <laughs> yeah. So I, this is going to be I'm, – I'm super excited. I'm super excited for this show. And, the yeah, this is going to be different kinds of guesses. Yes. All right. Sure. Well, we're excited. We're going to find something new. So, yeah, we'll start in on this, and we'll be right back. See you soon. Okay, Jessica, I'm ready. I'm ready to guess about who did it. Okay, tell me. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Who, who, who? I think mm-hmm. it was Michael. Is it Michael who this is? Is Tim Michael Meadows? Graves is Michael Graves. Michael Graves. So Tim Meadows yeah. plays Michael Graves. And who's the... Ellen Barkin. Ellen Barkin plays... plays Kathleen Townsend. Okay. And they did it. They did it. You know what? I I think <laughs> I have the same guess. Yeah. Yeah, you do, because we saw them do it. Here's Those what happened. They're such actor names, too. They are. Like that like an agent would give you. They're like dynasty names. You, yes, like they really are. Dynasty. Like like Kate Townsend. <laughs> it's totally a <laughs> or just something you expect to see on like like on Melrose Place. No, it's more Dynasty than Melrose Place. Yeah, it's just yeah, coming down the sure. stairs. Kate Townsend. Yeah, and they are you know washed up quote unquote. They are TV washed up TV actors. actors who had hit it big with this TV show Spook and the Cop. Yeah. Or the Cop and Spooky or something like that. They went right by. Uh-huh. They they were huge. These two. So yeah. We're going to tell you a little bit about like their back history, and then we'll tell you how the how the how this goes. The story is is that these two actors were essentially discovered in a play called "The Ghosts of Pensacola," I think is what yeah. it was. Well, the play is a total like it's trying to be all Tennessee Williams. Oh yes, yes. Like it's was... trying to be Streetcar Named Desire and Glass Menagerie, and I can't remember the other ones like Summer <laughs> everything and Smoker. Else. Yeah, everything else. <laughs> overwrought melodrama with lots of like mist and monologues anyways they were discovered in this and then they were like they were it was primal their connection to each other was one of the things that helen says about it all or kate sorry kate says their connection was primal there's a great line she has later on i don't I'll, i'll get to it but they were discovered in this play they were put into a tv show which was this hit tv show for many many years who knows what it was in the 90s and and now they're washed up. So she and so she has decided to put together a one night revival of this Ghosts of Pensacola play at Seneca Lake Theater, dinner theater, not just theater, Seneca mm-hmm. Lake Dinner Theater. Dinner. So they they hate each other. They hate each other. They're in this play together, and they both decide they're going to kill each other during this play. Ellen goes into the rafters and loosens a light because part of the whole thing about the play is that there are jet planes flying overhead, shaking everything in the theater and the set. So everything has to shake. So she loosens a light so that it, when it shakes, it will fall off and land on, t- on Mike, who is supposed to be in this one spot with a great big yellow axe on stage. On the other hand, Michael knows that at the end of the play... Kathleen is going to fall down a trapdoor mm-hmm. in a move that the stage manager has warned her is dangerous, but she's just like Frank Rich called this effective. <laughs> Which... <laughs> 
says so much about like just where they are. This was effective. Okay. No, I mean, it's faint praise. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. It was effective at killing her. (laughs) And you're like, oh, yeah, Yeah. great. That's effectively ending the show. (laughs) It effectively ended that character. (laughs) Well done. I'm so glad. (laughs) So is it Mike or Matthew? Michael. Michael. So while Ellen is up. Ellen, Kathleen, is up sabotaging a light. Michael, Tim, is going underneath the stage, taking a piece of dry ice and using it as the linchpin for the trap door. And so that eventually, like, it will dissolve. And as soon as she steps onto that trap door, she will fall through. I loved that sort of cut back and forth between the two of them as they're both like, I hate you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to hit you. (laughs) Yes. So he goes down there. He sets the trap door to murder her when it's her. Big oh, you know thing what that end. is? What's that? I think that's Noel Coward because they're both like it's like they're talking to each other without actually knowing that they're talking to each other because they're in completely different places. But I, they're it's like I, they're speaking to each other. I'm going to come back to that because okay. I think something else is going on with this. Oh, so okay. hold on for us. I because part um, of my it clues is Ryan on this. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> so I have some clues on this. Anyways, so he sets up the trap door to fail. So, but he doesn't know that what's her name is setting it up to kill him. So they go through the play. They go through the play, and he doesn't quite stand on his X because. He just he just doesn't want to. He doesn't he doesn't want to give her the satisfaction, essentially. So because he's not standing on the X, the light the jet goes over, everything shakes, the light falls, it crashes to the stage, but it doesn't hit him. But it's so close to him, his heart problem, he has a little like it startles on stage. Him. It startles him and he falls to the falls to the ground like he's having a heart attack. So Michael is married to Ava who is a dot-com millionaire. She made her money making an online brokerage for women called She Trade. I love that. It's so good. And so it's a May-December romance. He's much older than her, but she's got all the money. And so... Played by Jamila Jamil. Jamila Jamil. And Michael has a heart problem that mm-hmm. Jamila is constantly giving him pills for because he doesn't remember... He can't doesn't remember to keep them on him. Jamila Ava is in the audience. She stands up. Oh, my gosh with the pills, rushes to the stage to give him his pills, steps on the trap door, hits her head on the stage as she's falling through the trap door in a truly sickening thunk, and then yes. falls to the ground to the concrete the tra- floor. to the concrete floor, 15 feet below, dead. It was truly shocking and surprising. Like, with all of this going on, like watching Jamila Ava die was it was and so Tim shocking Meadows and cry. Ava Tim, was yeah. heartbreaking. It was so heartbreaking because he, I do think he really loved her, and she really oh, loved yeah. him. So, or the characters did at least. So that's where we are. We know who did it. Now we're kind of, and we kind of know, like the question is going to become, and this is the real question. I think, do we think that someone somewhere? had it really out for Ava, like she was the actual intended murder. And I don't think that that's true. But the next question, I forget what my next question was going to be. I don't know that there is a next question. The only next question is then like, how are they going to, like they're going to have to band together to try and get out from under having done it. Or they're just going to keep fighting each other and trying to pin the blame on the other person. Well, well, I was going to say, did you actually see... Michael hand the bottle of coffee or the carafe or whatever you call it. What do you call that? Thermos. Thermos. To, to the stage the manager. assistant stage manager who gave it to the stage manager. Did no. you see so that? that? So let's talk about some other characters here to make sure that we everybody yes. is on board when we bring them up. So Jamila Jamil plays Ava, who is Mike's wife. There's another actress playing the daughter in the show. Yeah, Rebecca, Rebecca, and that's played by Audrey Cross, who is a Juilliard graduate, mm. and she is in All Rise, which is a show that looks at the professional lives of judge or personal and professional lives of judges and lawyers, clerks and bailiffs and cops who work at the L.A. County Courthouse, and another show called Dear Edward. 
Okay. Um, and now this. So there's a little like guest star turn on this. Yeah. She is deathly allergic, apparently, to peanuts and any kind of legumes or tree nuts. So right. that's made great hay of. The other thing is, so there's a stage manager who tries to talk Kathleen out of doing the whole trapdoor thing because he's like, this isn't safe. And she goes, goes off on him, cowing him into submission and doing yes. it. And then there is the assistant stage Phil. manager. Phil Phil Bill. is the Phil is the stage manager. She refuses to call him Phil. She calls him Bill over and over and over again just to demean yeah. him. She's a horrible person. Let's be honest about this. She is an absolute witchy witch witch. She's horribly mean yeah. to everybody and has like she set up the contract so that like if Mike quits, he's going to be hit with a $200,000 fine they're both plotting like he's writing a memoir to spill all the dirt about her she has all these different vindictive ways of blackmailing him into doing things she is a piece of work yeah yeah there's also the gopher assistant stage manager did we get a name for him i didn't and i'm not sure it could be harry or it could be jeremy i'm not sure oh you know what i think it's Jer. i think it's harry and I think it's played by Niall Cunningham. But there's also a character that we're going to meet named Jeremy. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know that maybe we haven't met him yet. Okay. So I think, it's, I think it's Harry played by Niall Cunningham. Yeah. So there's assistant stage manager. Uh, we think his name is Harry. And he, he gives the carafe of the thermos of coffee at, towards the end to fill the stage manager. So that's what's happening there, those are the people. Well, we haven't even seen Charlie. Well, you in don't. You don't at all. You don't see her in these opening sequences. Oh, okay. You don't see her at first, and then like right after you cut to the death, then you go back in time, and then you, you see, see everything where leading she up was to it. Yes, you see where she was and how she happened. was just just parallel to all of this, just tangentially around somewhere to all mm. of this, and then that's like you see her relationships and why she's because she always has. A connection to the people that she's there with like there's always some she always makes some kind of connection like whether that's her best friend in the first episode the trucker who saves her life in the second the the drummer in another one we saw like she's always making it because there's a little bit of vengeance in this there's a little bit of i have to make this right because she's not a cop you know what i mean she's not a cop she's not on some special mission so they spend a little time each episode getting letting you get to know who she's with and what that emotionally hooks in with with her and why she's not such just a selfish person, why she's out there looking out for other people. Because, again, she's not someone who's, like, in love with mysteries. So, I mean, it might help if we figured out who Charlie was related to in this. You know what I mean? Like, who she was. And so I think, the, I mean, the first person to, for her to be related to or to her to have a relationship with would be Ava, simply because she'd want to look into it a little bit more. But the other, like, wounded bird in this episode would be, the, what, what was the young actress's name again? Rebecca. Rebecca. It would be, like, her with Rebecca. Or, for that matter, the assistant stage manager. There's lots of people on this. I don't think she would get on with Rebecca. I There were really? some other people backstage who might be more her speed. But I don't think... There were some they costumers. They had names. They, yeah, they showed were, two costumers yeah, at one point. Yeah, with the two... When, when Michael and Kathleen were fighting... The camera looks off stage, and these two women are like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah. <laughs> like just well, shocked. Back, back to Michael and Kathleen fighting. To what I like, I don't know. Like they make it look as if it's just intercut. Like they don't know that they're talking to each other. They're just talking out loud about how much they hate the other person, how much they're going to kill the other person. But oh, yeah. I what were you wonder. Say? So the actors are mic'd up. They do have microphones on, and. The act, the, they make a big show of this at a couple different shots in the audience of the – so dinner theater, older audience. Yes. You may not know this if you're not a theater goer. They have these they have these assisted listening devices which use infrared or other audio and you kind of put – they're like headphones. You put them in your ears and you get like a boosted audio feed of the actor's voices so you can hear them better. 
And they and have in the camera is catching those little red lights. Those little on red lights. Everybody's it, head. On everybody's head. All over the theater. So they yeah, yeah. they they show people, somebody picking them up and putting them in their ears at, when you're when the camera is moving into the space for the show. And then there's another shot where they're like from the audience and you just see this all in everybody's heads. So I think they could hear mm. each other. I bet they were. T- oh. I bet they were talking to each other as they were doing these things. I don't think they knew what the other person was doing. But I think that they actually were speaking with each other and somehow their mic, like just through a mic feed, I don't know if they had an earpiece or somewhere, somebody was hearing that. Because so I think that somewhere mm. in there, the how this how this audio is going back and forth is going to become important. And I think they're going to all just kind of hide behind the fact that they hate each other and they just talk to each other like this all the time. But I bet mm. like that is going to be a that's, that is going to be something that turns things around for her at some point. I th- so I don't think that they were actually just speaking out loud. I think they were speaking to each other. Okay. Okay. Oh, interesting. All right. So do you have a bet or a guess? So I, I do. I think at some point the actress's life with the peanuts is going to be put in danger because you don't just like, let's. it's Chekhov's peanuts. And I want to be very clear when I say that that I am talking about the legume. <laughs> I'm talking about legumes that are now part of, like, Chekhov's rules about playwriting. I'm not talking about something else that might sound like Chekhov's peanuts. So what do I think? <laughs> I think that Charlie is going to investigate based on Charlie's relationship with the actress, the younger actress. I do think it's the younger actress. And I'll tell you why. Mm. Because these two actors hate each other so much that I bet that they are going to they're either going to throw each other under the bus and try to make it look like the other person did it or they're going to band together because like mutually assured destruction is a line they use earlier like you want mutually assured destruction Mm. you've got it so I think they're going to like realize that if they're both going to go down with the ship and they don't want that unless they team up. So they're going to hate each other. They're going to hate that they have to do it, but they're going to do it. So I think Charlie is going to investigate based on the actress because I bet she's either, hmm, I, well, I guess it, I I would bet it's either the actress or <laughs> there's no bet. It's the actress, it's Phil, or it's the other assistant stage manager. It's, you know, she's going to be friends with somebody. That's what <laughs> I'm. What do I? I am going to go with. I'm not going to go with the actress. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the assistant. Um, I'm going to go. You're changing your bet. I am. I am. I'm going to go with the. It's. I'm going to go with the assistant because he is so beleaguered and he like. She is probably going to be some kind of run crew. Or some kind of like spot operator, or some kind of, some kind of like really Charlie. Easy... Charlie, yes. Oh no, Char- we know she is a waitress. She's a from waitress. The oh, okay. IMDb. Mm, you're right yeah. from the log line. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Then I do say it's Ava. Then I do. Then I go. Then I'm going all the way back to Ava. I think she's friends with Ava because she's been chatting her up. And getting like investment tips and what to do with money and how to make it in this world as Ava. So I think she's oh, investigating yeah, because she... she's friendly with Ava and that she's going to figure trade? out that the she trade lady. Yes. And I bet that she's going to figure out something to do with the fact that the the lines are going to be like the, the clues are going to be one about the coffee, obviously. But I do think that it is all about the the headphones and the fact that they can hear each other as they're talking to each other, plotting each other's murder. That's what I say. I'm sticking with that. Huh. Okay. I wonder... Well, I was going to say that Ellen Barkin's character, Kathleen Townsend, seems... I mean, at at some point, she kind of seems like a, you know, classic bitch on wheels. But she also is very clear about the fact that she needs this. And that does seem honest. It doesn't seem like she's trying to trap him into something. She really does need the money. Oh, she does need the money. Uh, she's definitely trying to trap him into it. Oh, but she but definitely also needs the money. one night only is crazy. Yeah, that's a um, weird thing. But when she walks into his house, she also is like, oh, I don't need to take an Instagram with his his shrine. The wards wall, his shrine. And... And it seems very 
kind of legit. Like she really is like a human person having a real human moment, not like an, a desperate actress moment. It really feels like she's like, oh my gosh, he's gone off the rails. He's, And then when she comes outside and begs him to do this, she really speaks to him as an artist. You know, you really had it. There was so much spark and and it doesn't feel like she's trying to manipulate him. It feels like she is legitimately saying, I believe in you. I think you're a good actor, even though I hate you. And I need this. So mm. I, I go back and forth but between being like, could, could Charlie possibly be friends with this woman? She seems so awful. But, you know, maybe she could be. We don't. We don't, because again, they've made her kind of three dimensional, and that she, ha she clearly has needs and also yes. believes in art. Yeah, they've believes definitely the made art. her three dimensional. She's a horrible person three dimensionally, but they have made her three dimensional. <laughs> yeah, she believes in art, like I said, and 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 the truth that you bring to the stage. But mm. she also hates him, and is definitely taking her chance to kill him. Yes. It does seem vengeful like the last episode we watched. Yeah. It does feel like she's it feels premeditated about her going up to do that lighting because there is that Oh, well, it's absolutely premeditated. On the ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's totally premeditated. Like it, it makes it feel like this whole show is premeditated. I don't you know, know what I mean. Like mm, it makes mm. it feel like she went to his house to get him to do the show, not because she actually needed it, but because she wanted to kill him. It doesn't feel like Interesting. she has had it up to here, and she's like, "That's it. I'm going upstairs, and I'm going to pull a pin on one of these lights so that the the instrument just falls and you know, hits him on the ground." Whereas when he goes and takes the stuff, the dry what ice, do you call it the the dry ice, and he removes the pin. Like that feels unpremeditated. It feels like he just had that idea and is going for it. I could be wrong. Obviously, we'll find out. Oh, this is really hard. <laughs> this is a tough one. I'm not going to lie. But the good news is, we, I, you know, honestly, I think we both give ourselves a point already because we know who did it. So, okay, here's the lie. I, I'm sorry if you already said this, but this is the lie I'm going to say. They are going to say that they actually they're putting on a big thing about how they're trying to kill each other. They put a big a big show. <gasps> they actually had a crazy affair, and so in order to alibi each other out, they are going to say that they were having an affair backstage, and that's how they disappeared, uh, or that's why they disappeared for that moment and nobody saw them. Or. Okay, that's or, great. Okay. That's great. I love that. Or we've, we're thinking about this all wrong. Oh. There's another world where, of course, they collude because they're two washed up actors. And we know that she's got no money. And we know that he's got no money. He's got no money because he's dependent on her. She's the rich one Ava. in all of this. Yeah. So there's a world where they collude to kill Ava to collect her money. Somehow, like, he's oh, on a pre, he's, shoot. there's some prenup and he gets an allowance. So she's got no, so he's got no money. But there's a world where maybe the two of them work together to kill her so that he collects the money. That's a world that's out there too. I'm not changing my guess yeah. to that because he did seem really broken up in her death. But there's that world he out did. there too. Yeah. But you're and going but did. you're going with the lies that they are that they're going to say they're having an affair to to cover up each other doing it. All right. Yeah. Yep. That's mine. That's yours. Great. And what and what was yours again? Mine is that they did actually hear each other through the audio and that somehow all of that is going to be, she's going to find out that they were talking about killing each other on the audio. And yes, that that's how she's going to find out is through the, through okay. the audio and the microphone somehow. And that she's friends with Ava. That's, that's my take on all of this. All so, right. All right. Let's see who did it or how it's done. Yeah. No, we know who did it. Let's find out how it's done and why it's done. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, so I think I just need to say that I love this show. I love this show. Yeah. <laughs> within within 20 so we stopped it as as per our rules, we stopped it as soon as there was a body. There was right. a body, we literally bang. 
hit pause. And then we guessed. And you, gentle listeners, heard our guesses. And I just want to say, before we get into it, I think I, I think I earned a point. I, th- I think I earned a point. Well, I will, yes, and <laughs> I think I almost got a point. <laughs> well, well, so, okay. So almost, sure. Almost, yes, because we're always almost there. But w- You're okay. right. You're you right. You go okay. first. You go you, first. Yeah. I mean, your guess, as I wrote it down, hearing each other over hearing devices knew they were talking. So that... <laughs> your notes make no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Meaning that you said, I mean, everybody else just heard this. We've just been away for 45 minutes that that they heard each other. They knew that they, they, were, they were delivering a, yes. a script. And yes. and this was supposed to be alibying them out. And I said they were having an affair. And so I guess I kind of agreed with you. Did you say they they were... Were... one of us said yeah. they were having it? Because there was one moment there. It, like, I threw it out. Oh. I threw it out at some point where I was just yes. like, there's a world where they're having an affair. And this was all to kill Jim. This was all to kill yes. Ava's character. But I was like, yeah. but, but his like his shock at her death was so real, I said. It was so Yes. Real. So we did. There was a body. We paused it. Not. 20 seconds later, the very next scene, the cop is consoling Mike Tim Meadows that his wife is dead when Kathleen comes in and they're like, we did it. We pulled it off. That was a performance of a lifetime. We just killed this lady. Now we're rich. We can go on with the rest of our lives. And I was like, and they kiss and totally make out and And clear off the vanity so that they can have sex on it. (laughs) Ah, So I was like, oh, my God. Oh my God. So, but so that was only halfway there, but you're right. My guess was that the clue that was going to feed into all of this was the, was the headsets. The fact that they could hear people over the headsets. Yes. And that you did. Was, that was one of the main clues that first started her getting out there. And not only that, not only was it the clue that got Charlie Kale interested in all of this, which her investigation was one of the funniest like slapsticky things i have seen in quite some time but it got her going but it also so remember rebecca rebecca yes. the woman from juilliard who that had a deathly was, allergy to no her she is an actress literally who went to juilliard oh. and then they wrote that into the script also that this actress went to juilliard okay fair <laughs> enough well that act the character who was deathly allergic to peanut butter also figures it out because she heard them because everybody heard them arguing over everything but she was on stage so she could see that they were not where they were supposed to be they were not fighting with each other backstage they weren't anywhere so she puts it together and they were and she's like and yes go ahead no you you do the reveal oh well and she recognizes everything they said from a script, because she has been watching a lot of Spooky and the Cop. Which was the show back in Which the day. was their show. And she remembers this from season six, episode 11. They didn't even, you didn't even change the dialogue. They, she did it. That was hilarious. They took the same plot and the same dialogue from this episode. She's like, so, so she blackmails them. She's like, you're going to pay me off or I'm going to go to the police. And so they do. Well, they try to And I it. love it too that she is so this is so millennial too. Yes. That she goes, Here is the number that you will pay me, and here is my bank account info. My bank info. And you know that that's like Venmo or Zelle <laughs> or PayPal. Yes. And then she says, and if the money is not in there by the end of the show, I will tell the police. And then she turns around and goes, boomers, and walks out. And I, it was so great. It was so great. It was mic drop. It was mic. But then, Char- so as Charlie's putting this all together, she's going through, she's finding the clues. So Phil was drugged with Ambien, which was in Kathleen's dressing room. Um, she tries to warn Kathleen because she she's like, Kathleen, the stage door was rigged. You were going to die. And Kathleen's like, I'm going to go on stage anyways. I've deserved this. Yes, she wants to do the monologue. Yeah, she she's dying to get back out there on stage. 
so watching Charlie, like they show, they're very clear. It's like, you can't go past this line. Otherwise you're in the sight line and you'll be on stage. So Charlie is like trying to question these people and warn them, warn different people at different times that somebody's trying to kill them. And so it's like, she's hiding behind a window on stage. She's hiding just off stage. She, at one point she like, there's a refrigerator. They open the, the prop refrigerator on set and Charlie's face is in there too. It's the funniest <laughs> thing as she's like looking through all of this and they're all like, improvising to like cover up the extra noise she's making it's great and then she yes. does they try to poison yeah. rebecca and she comes on stage and like kicks the peanut butter treats out of her hand and rebecca's like <laughs> ah, the price of my love just doubled so rebecca goes and does her monologue her great big three-minute mm-hmm. monologue and this time instead of going and pretending as if they were fighting and trying to kill each other on this they instead go backstage to kathleen's dressing room where they're like, oh my gosh, we got we this time we need to remember to take off our microphones. So they take off their microphones and then they discuss what the heck they're supposed to do. Mike is all for paying her. She's like, fine, we need to pay her. I'll call my business manager. They'll make it happen. And Kathleen's like, you think this is going to end? No, we need to kill her. We need to kill her now. As they work through all this, she looks down and she realizes that her dog is not actually in the dog bed. Instead, it's a fake wig. Well, it's not a fake wig. It's a real wig. It's a real wig with like little <laughs> eyes and a little mouth on it pretending to be her dog. And she's like, oh, snap. She lifts up the wig and there's a microphone. Again, everything that they have been saying has been broadcast out to people through the headphones that they get. So the and the sheriff who's there, the sheriff came the last night and was like very consolatory towards Mike. And But here's all this because he's wearing the same headset as everybody else. There you yep. go. That's how they know. And you <laughs> see Charlie crossing behind the sheriff holding the dog and saying, this yeah. is really never want to meet your Never uh, meet your heroes, heroes, huh? Right, sheriff? <laughs> yes. Because the sheriff said that their show, Spooky and the Cop, was why he got, he became, went into law enforcement. But so this is a great, this is another great little twist, though. Like, Mike is like, what do we do? <laughs> and Kathleen's like, we use it. So they go back on stage and deliver the performance of a lifetime to where even at the very end of it, Charlie Kale, who hates theater, has hated theater this whole time. has been like, this is nothing but a bunch of lies. I hate this all. And she has seen some wretched theater. But even she at the very end has like her eyes are watering up. She's tearing up a little bit because the raw emotion there gets to her. So... Theater can change lives, people. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they do show her in some truly horrible, watching some truly horrible theater. One of which is... Oh, uh, my gosh. They, they've got a great little sequence that is Benjamin... What's it called? It's called Benjamin the Musical. Benjamin Franklin. It's oh, Frankly Benjamin. Franklin. No, Frankly Frankly Franklin. Frank, yes, that's it. Frankly Franklin, <laughs> which is a total and, rip but the on poster, Hamilton. Yes, the poster, what about yes, the poster? it's so ridiculous. The poster actually said because I didn't spot it, but I did spot the well. IMDb and the trivia gave a little heads up, like uh-huh. look for the posters. That you know, Ryan Johnson always has something funny going on in the background. And one of the posters is for Oedipus the Musical. Yes. And then the other one is for the Frankly Franklin. The song apparently that they're singing from the Frankly Franklin is all about the Benjamins. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Hilarious. So, so yeah, I think I think I get a point. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yes oh that wind feels so good so good our well who should we who should we find out about now that we've watched this who should we who should we know about what other trivia and fun things about well, these actors should we know yeah yeah there's some other trivia i will say because we kept talking when we would watch these episodes i was i had such an eye on the hair because i was always yes. like what is up what is... with this hair yeah you're not <laughs> a fan of natasha leone's hair well i mean it's purposeful so it's not that i'm not a fan i'm right. just like what is what what is the this design is so specific 
So the I, all the props to Marcel Degen. Let's see, Degenes. Okay, like, is how you say his Marcel name. Marcel Degenes. He fantastic website. Oh, Marcel has okay. Yeah, and an amazing Instagram. If you want to go follow it, well, that tracks. Um, yes, it's actually his Instagram is called friendettes and it's all these wigs layered wigs on people in different costumes or different t-shirts or shirts just it like three usually three wigs layered of different colors and they're just all kind of posed like they're looking at the camera it's very silly but yeah so and he's been doing tv for a really long time for video and uh, for print ads and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he came, according to IMDb at least, he came right onto the scene as as we have a department head hair. <laughs> Fine, I, w- I won't beat that dead horse. <laughs> he, he started on, at least IMDb captured his first credits as on Louis, CK show Louis. Mm-hmm. And then he went on from there to work a lot of comedy, Broad City, Search Party. He did, you know, their people's one hours like Ray Romano, mm-hmm. Ilana Glazer, Aquafina. He she did or he did a show Dash and Lily. And then, of course, he did Russian Doll. And so then, of course, Poker Face. And yeah. the hair design for this show, like throughout, is fantastic. It's As, one of the things I like about this show is that like. And maybe maybe it's, it's no surprise because like the whole idea of like like actors making themselves look ugly, you win an award. This is not a glamorous show, I guess is what I'm trying to say. These are not you're, you. You yes. have to know when you're coming out here, you're not going to look glamorous. You're going to look great. You're going to look so spot on with a character. I can imagine that the, yeah. the actors are having a lot of fun being like, oh, this like inhabiting this character. This is who I am, and it's great. Yes, but but you're not going to be. You're not going to have dynasty hair. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not going to be dynasty. And the writer of this episode, I mean, you know, Ryan Johnson, of course, always right. going to be credited as a creator and, and you know, showrunner. But Chris Downey wrote this episode. So he has an interesting story. He is formerly a criminal defense attorney in New York oh, wow. and a reporter covering crimes and government for a newspaper on the Gulf Coast of Florida. And then he got into TV in the late 90s. He wrote a couple episodes of Cosby and then a show called What About Joan, which I don't remember at all, and then King of Queens. Mm -hmm. And then he transitioned to one-hour dramas when he co-created with John Rogers the leverage for TNT. Yes, and I knew that. Oh, okay. And then he is on the reboot, Leverage yep. Redemption, which might be on Amazon Freebie if you want to. I would, I would like to watch that because I, I would like to watch like as well. that whole cast. We were huge, huge fans of the original Leverage. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, the fight choreography, like, oh, so great. Well, the, the um, humor, Downey the fight has... choreography, the plotting, yeah. the action, the all props to leverage. Loved that. And the actresses, great roles for mm-hmm. those actresses to fun stuff for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then Downey is also a co-executive or executive producer on TNT's King and Maxwell, USA Suits, and the Suits spinoff Pearson, and also on Station 19. And he branched into science fiction writing, also doing... Almost Human and Sci-Fi's Incorporated. I don't know Incorporated, but I don't know Incorporated either. Fan, Almost you Human. Probably know that show. Yeah. Oh, and I did say at the beginning that I wanted to catch Ben Sinclair, the director of this episode, and mm-hmm. the producer, writer, co-writer, yeah, yeah, director, star of High Maintenance. He played the boss who fires. Oh, Charlie! Yes. When, at, at the very for the very first time we see her, she's working as a waitress. Well, she's being fired from working as yes. a waitress. The worst waitress ever. She's like, "What do you mean?" And he says, "You threw a tip at a at a customer at a customer." She's like, "Well, it was a dime." And then she he says, "And then you ate off somebody's plate a piece of bacon." It's just well, 
he wasn't paying attention to me. <laughs> and then he says, you are the worst waitress. And I managed a Cracker Barrel in the green zone. And she's taking off her apron. And she's like, okay, well, that last part maybe you didn't need. but <laughs> And that was him. That was the director. And I did feel like when he was playing it that he was not... Like, he was really downplaying it. Mm-hmm. Like, he was like, I'm not making a scene. of You know, I'm not trying to make a meal of myself in this TV show. And I kind of wish, like, go for it, man. Like, everybody else is <laughs> everybody else to make is a just meal reaching for themselves. the stars. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Uh, but, yeah. she. I mean, put this, put, he was trying to put the focus on her, mm-hmm. as he should, because that was her moment. But yeah, it's great. And then she turns around and the stage manager is listening and that's and then he hires her. Yeah, the stage manager offers her a job, seasonal work, not mm-hmm. a lot, of, like doesn't have to work a lot during the day, cash only. So but she does she does make friends with the stage manager. That's like it's like the stage yeah. manager sh- showed up and I was like, OK, well, I got that part wrong. But she does. She does have a little couple moments with Ava where Ava's just like, just, I want to make sure, just get me shit-faced. Get me as drunk yes, as possible. She and does Charlie's like, I get it. You will never see the bottom of your glass. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking about the hair that Ava has, or I was thinking about the hair in this episode, actually, because it isn't outlandish, but it is so specific. Because Kathleen, when she goes to meet Michael in the first scene, Mm -hmm. she has this very straight, bone straight hair bob, like right Mm -hmm. at her chin. And it's white, white, white. But then Ava, Jamila Jamil, has this, her her long, you know, brown, dark brown, black hair. Mm -hmm. And it is curled. And I think it's supposed to be, you know, that trendy long hair girl that you know, is is a thing right now. I'll take your word for it. But the curls are these, like, these big barrel curls that are, like, it's not, it's it's even specific and kind of parody in and of itself also. Like, it doesn't, it's, yeah. It is, again, like you said, like, it is not Dallas. It is not, like, it's making another kind of statement about a woman who does her own hair. Yeah. I love it. It's it's, it's so mean and gonna... and celebratory both at the same time. <laughs> We're going to put in a hair segment clearly. We need to have we need to have a segment on hair. So that's that's what I'm learning. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think so. That's going to be my <laughs> We're going to need like a uh, bingo, here's a bingo card and here's a oh. hairstyle card. <laughs> what kind of hairstyles do we think we're going to see in this episode? Only we need a little sting for when I, Jessica does her hair segment. <laughs> do 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 hair. hair. <laughs> All right. Is there anybody else we need to shout out or say anything about? Uh, that was my research. Lovely. I'm going to just bask a moment. I'm just mm. going to really... I'm just going to really let it settle in that I got a point. You I'm just gonna did. Be like, <laughs> Good job. Uh, uh, I mean, the hard part is, is that was probably my only win this season. So I don't have a lot to look forward to. But for now, <laughs> I'm just stay in the present. I'm going to stay in the present and be like, I did it. I did it. Ryan Johnson, thank you for this gift. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're, you're brilliant and you make me a winner. <laughs> Yes, exactly. You make me look good, kid. (laughs) What else do you need? You like to watch the show? It makes me a winner. I'm all for it. All right. We're going to go watch the rest of the season. We'll be back with another episode soon. We'll see you soon. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And now we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores, and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next. Go to our website, cluedunitpodcast.com, or email us at cluedunitpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram and Facebook at cluedunitpodcast, or on Twitter at cluedunit. And if you like the podcast, please rate us and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcast to help us get the word out, and maybe you'll hear your review read on the show. 
Want to be a Clue Done It private investigator? Leave us a few bucks at cluedonitpodcast.com and we'll send you a personalized, official Clue Done It private investigator license. Officially approved by the totally fake Podcasting Adjudication Board in their secret headquarters in a mountain outside of Squamish. We hope to hear from you soon. Because watching, watching TV is always better with friends. And this is this is where I learned that the name of the there's the songs from Benjamin were struck by lightning. Or, well, no, they were Philadelphia struck by lightning and all about the Benjamins reprise. So those were the those were the frankly Franklin songs. I want to just if if we're closing right here, I just want to shout out the two Franklins. Please shout out the Franklins. Robert Ariza. I think okay. it plays Ben Franklin and Sarah Marie Jenkins plays Deborah Franklin. And they both sound beautiful. They're wonderful on stage, doing such a great job. And there's also a female chorus member and a male chorus member. Female is Cameron Ha and the male chorus member is Julian Alvarez. And they just really killed it. They're great. <laughs> it was a, like, honestly, I was looking at being like, I know this is a parody, but I would kind of legit watch this. Like yeah, this, this was I know. this was good. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. I I I definitely have some wedding soup. And <laughs> <laughs> some wedding soup and, and watch wine. that happen. Yes. <laughs> Bring the wine. Let me watch this Franklin musical. I'm all in.